In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Our reading is the Gospel reading, which you've already heard. The temptation of Jesus is a new twist on the temptation of the people of God. Consider, if you will, our Old Testament reading. Satan slithered up to Eve and immediately cast out on God's clear command. Did God really say? In the same way, the tempter came to Jesus with the words, If you are the Son of God. Eve was tempted to eat the fruit God did not give her to eat. And in the same way, Jesus was tempted to eat bread that his father had not given to him. But it's more than just Adam and Eve. It's also the people of Israel after the Exodus. At Mount Sinai, God had declared these people to be his very own. As Hosea says, out of Egypt, I called my son. Matthew applies this verse to Jesus when the prophet Hosea meant to apply it to the people of Israel. God tested the Israelites in the wilderness. Jesus was led by the Spirit in the, into the wilderness in order to be tempted. Israel despaired for the lack of food and water. And after feeding the Israelites, they still complain about what God gives. And again, we already said this, but Jesus forewent both food and drink in his temptation. Israel was tempted to worship the golden calf at Sinai, and Jesus was tempted to worship Satan himself. The sad fact of these comparisons is that the people of God failed in every single one of them. Not once did the Old Testament people avoid falling into sin at these temptations. Despite all that they had known, despite all that Adam and Eve had seen, knowing God face to face, living perfectly in paradise, they still fell. Despite the great wonders that they saw in the plagues at Sinai, at the water that came from the rock, the manna that appeared in the wilderness, Israel still fell. It's easy, I think, for us to point at them as fools and claim that if it were us, we would do way better than they would. But is that fair? Well, Jesus says of us, Many prophets and kings desired to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. Right now, you and I have the fullest revelation of God in Christ. In many and various ways, God spoke to his people of old by the prophets, but now, in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son. What they only knew in bits and pieces, scattered throughout centuries, we know fully, we know completely. Consider the mere fact that they didn't even know what to call the Messiah or how the salvation of the world would be accomplished. Consider the fact that they did not have the sacraments of baptism and Lord's Supper, which actually give to us forgiveness of sins life, and salvation. And now with all of that in mind, all that we have been given, consider your own sin. 
What came into your mind this morning as we paused before the confession of our sins? Or worse, did you simply let the moment slide by you without any reflection at all? St. John tells us if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. What does it say about us if we don't even consider what our sins might be? Repent. We really are no better than Adam and Eve. We're no better than the Israelites in the wilderness. In fact, it might be much more, uh, it might be much worse for us to wander from the Lord's commandments, knowing what it cost him to buy us back from sin and death. But there's another interesting thing in play here about the temptation of Jesus, and it's really not something that I noticed until this year. With each challenge that Satan puts to Jesus, every answer is from the law. I've noted before how, from this pulpit no less, how Jesus uses God's word to ward off Satan, but I never considered the fact that none of these passages that Jesus quotes to Satan were gospel promises. And before you say, well, the gospels hadn't been written, there certainly were gospel promises in the Old Testament. But every single passage that Jesus spoke against Satan was from the law. This tells us that when we are tempted to evil, usually it is temptation away from God's good and gracious will, away from what he has revealed to us in the Ten Commandments, away from his law. We aren't often tempted to despair of God's love, at least not until we've fallen into the trap of sinning against God by breaking one or more of the commandments. This means that when we're tempted not to pray or gather around God's word and sacraments, we shouldn't look to the gospel for a solution to our problem. At that moment, we actually need to hear the law. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it at holy. Should a man be allowed to marry another man? A man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Can't I watch this explicit television show? Everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in her heart, in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out. Shouldn't a theologically trained and empathetic and caring woman be allowed to hold the pastoral office? I do not permit a woman to teach or to exercise authority over a man. When the devil, the world, and our sinful nature come calling, we cannot simply love these forces into submission by the power of the gospel. Instead, they must be put to death by the word of the law. So Jesus here reminds us of the goodness of God's law and how to use it rightfully. Solomon writes, in the path of righteousness is life, and in its, path, and in its pathway there is no death. God's law is good because it safeguards us from death, that lays outside of his word. People loved by God, you have certainly been saved by grace through faith, and that is not your doing, it is God's gift to you. 
But the result of that is that now God has remade you in his image. He has prepared for you good works to do for you beforehand that you should walk in them. And the word of God, the law of God, tells us the shape of those works. But the most important thing that we see in the temptation of Jesus is his victory over Satan. In each of these temptations, Jesus could have simply succumbed to all of them. He could have turned the stones into loaves of bread or jumped from the temple without sin. None of those things would have been outside of the commandments of God for Jesus to do. He could have taken the kingdoms of the world for himself, maybe not by worshiping the devil, obviously, but by coming down from the cross as he was tempted to do, as he hung there, dying and bleeding for the sins of the world, for sinners like Adam and Eve and the people of Israel, and for you and for me. He could have simply rejected all of it and said, these people want to have nothing to do with me, so I will have nothing to do with them. I'll simply tear up the whole thing and start fresh. That's not what Jesus does. St. John tells us that the reason that the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. And so in this entanglement, Jesus demonstrates his power over Satan. He breaks Satan's hold over you. Christ holds the field forever, felling Satan with one little word. By his death, Jesus has crushed the old evil foe under his heel. And in him, you too tread on the lion and on the adder, treading upon the serpent's head, crushing him under your feet. Because you are in Christ, you have a grave enemy in Satan. And though you cannot stand alone against his lies and accusations and temptations, in Christ... The victory for you is already won. Jesus has won the battle, and though the world be filled with devils, the word they must let remain. They cannot take it from you. And taking everything else from your life, they still have not won a single victory over you. Jesus has won by his death and has won by his resurrection. And so in this season of Lent, we look to our suffering Jesus, who has won victory for us over sin, over death, and over the power of the devil, that you might have that victory and that you might have eternal life in him. In Jesus' name. And now the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus our Lord.